There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. This is our Wednesday edition of the podcast. We would like to remind you that this Friday we have a special guest preacher on the podcast. And I uh, listened again to the message and what a blessing it has been to hear the man of God preach. I want to thank God for him. And that'll be a little bit of a surprise for some of you. Some of you never heard of him, never met him, but he's always been one of my favorites ever since God put us together 16 plus years ago. And uh, we've been co-laborers together in Jesus Christ and what a privilege it's been. And so I pray that's a blessing to you. Make sure you let folks know about Friday. They want to tune in and don't want to miss the message about being born again. And then also I want to announce that family camp is coming up in western Pennsylvania. That's a little Mahoning Bible camp out of the Altman Baptist Church. And so we'll be at the church on Sunday morning in Altman. And then Sunday night through Friday night. And then daytime services Monday through Friday also in the mornings. Brother uh, Rick Rose and I will be preaching. Lord willing, we'll get Brother Rose to record a couple podcasts for us, if the Lord wills that. And uh, Brother Rose has been on the radio preaching for many, many years, probably close to 25 years. He's been on the radio. He's used to preaching to the microphone. And so that'll be a blessing to have him. And so we'll see if we'll be able to get Brother Rose to record for us. Now we're looking forward to what the Lord is going to do in that meeting. I know some folks are traveling in for that. And uh, again, I will be announcing some other meetings coming up, but I want to remind some of you that live in the Valley or in this area that the Shippensburg Independent Baptist Church will be hosting Evangelist Steve Goolsby. That's this coming Sunday through Wednesday. Uh, I saw Pastor Wagner today. He said, well, Steve's coming in on Friday afternoon sometime, and I'll be staying there with the Wagners in their home, preaching on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then preaching Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at 7 o'clock. That's the Shippensburg Independent Baptist Church there on Queen Street in Shippensburg, Pennsylvania. Again, I met Brother Steve right after I went into evangelism. And I've uh, been a friend of mine for over 15 years. Now we thank God for the Steve Goolsby. I'm glad he's preaching in the state of Pennsylvania. And those of you close enough to Shippensburg, I know it's only 15 minutes from our house. And so those of you that know us locally, know how far you are from us, just add another 15 minutes to it if you're heading that way. But I think Brother Steve will be a blessing to you. I want to look at Psalm 81 today. Psalm 81 is unique because we see the Lord speaking to the psalmist here, not readily identified as Jesus Christ. And there's several ways of thought and looking at this. But what we see is we see the Lord himself dealing with his children and the Lord speaking to them through the psalmist. This is a psalm of Asaph, that great prophet of God. And what we see here is we see him begin to speak on the behalf of the Lord. And in the initial part of the psalm, and of course, Asaph, that great singer, that great cymbal player, one of the chief musicians of the temple, in verse 1, he says, sing aloud unto God our strength. Now, notice this is to the chief musician upon Gittith. And so this is a unique occasion that he's given this psalm. But he said to sing aloud unto God our strength, make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Take a psalm and bring hither the timbrel, the pleasant harp, with the psaltery. Blow up the trumpet in the new moon in the time appointed on our solemn feast day. And it's interesting that 
He also deals with this, of course, we see this in the book of First Chronicles and in Second Chronicles, both dealing with Asaph, that great psalmist. Of course, his sons uh, also were musicians in the temple. There were 120 in Solomon's temple that blew the trumpets, and also those that prophesied with the harp, prophesied with the psalteries, with the cymbals. And so when he tells them, when they play this psalm, Bring hither the timbrel, the pleasant harp, with the psaltery. Blow up the trumpet in the new moon, and the time appointed on our solemn feast day. And again, this was all as one. This music came up in one accord. It wasn't a single person. It wasn't a soloist. This was not a show. There was uh, no occasion for the flesh to glory in this. It was in the congregation. There were those skilled in instruments, skilled in voice, skilled in the trumpets, and they would raise up with one noise, with one voice. They would sing these psalms and play these psalms, and it was a noise well-pleasing to the Lord. And that's the way music ought to be. I personally am a big proponent of congregational singing. There's way too much personality in, in groups and way too much personality and mimicry that goes on in soloists and trios and especially in quartets. They mimic Southern gospel singers. And so much of the music today is just geared to the flesh. It's songs uh, that please the flesh. It's songs that uh, advertise the flesh. It's songs that are actually contrary to Scripture, yet they're sung and people rejoice and shout. And You know, there's one that some churches even sing today, and it, it talks about preachers go preach and singers go sing. Well, who would write a song like that? You don't go sing. You sing in the local church. But he says, singers go sing. Why did he write that? Because he himself is a singer, and he travels around on Sunday instead of being faithful to the house of God. And I'm not talking about an evangelism ministry where the family sings or an evangelism ministry where a husband and wife sing or some children sing. But no, just a singer. And they said they've been called to sing the gospel. Well, nobody's ever been called to sing the gospel. And that singers need to serve in their church. Singers need to be a blessing to the house of God. Singers need to sing where God has appointed them and then be a help to teach others to sing. That's the ministry that God's called a singer to. Well, anyway, that was just free of charge on the podcast. I hope that's a blessing to you. I could probably close with that, uh, but that's just something to try to be a help to people. I'm not trying to be mean-spirited or ugly about that. It's just an observation I've made over the years. There's too much entertainment in singing. There's too much flesh involved in singing. There's too much I in the work of the singer today and the musician today drawing too much attention to self. I like congregational singing. I personally like a pipe organ. There's something about a majestic pipe organ, that deep, throaty, 14-inch uh, ash pipe roaring out that bass note. And there's little two-and-a-half-inch brass pipes on the high end. There's shrill notes and everything in between. And I think it's a marvelous sound in the house of God, along with the piano and along with stringed instruments. And voices lift up in one accord. Thank God for that. That's what Asaph's talking about here. And for this was a statute for Israel and a law of the God of Jacob. This he ordained in Joseph for a testimony when he went out through the land of Egypt where I heard a language that I understood not. And so there's a colon there that kind of delineates this sentence. All of a sudden, this sentence takes a, this sentence is now ended and this verse has two sentences in it. This he ordained to Joseph for a testimony when he went out to the land of Egypt. What is that? The singing, blowing the trumpet, the psalteries, the songs. That was a testimony in Jacob. Then there's a colon after the word Egypt, and a brand new sentence starts in that same verse, where I heard a language that I understood not. Now, Asaph was not in Egypt land. Asaph could not have been down in Egypt land at this particular time. And so what we see here is we see that the language that he understood not 
someone else is beginning to speak. And it's something that we need to understand from these Psalms. There's another voice being heard. There's the word of God in verse six that says, I removed his shoulder from the burden. His hands were delivered from the pots. Well, who removed the burden of Joseph down in Egypt land? Thou calledest in trouble, and I delivered thee. This is the Lord himself speaking to the children of Israel. This is the Lord himself prophesying through Asaph. This is the Lord bringing a message through the man of God. This holy man of God spake as he's moved by the Holy Ghost. And right in the middle of verse 5, the Lord begins to expound unto them his words, and his words are given to that psalmist, and the psalmist records those words to be sung, to be read. And so we see now God himself is speaking. In verse 7, thou callest in trouble, and I delivered thee. I answered thee in the secret place of thunder. I proved thee at the waters of Meribah, Selah. So he tells them, stop and think about this. Who's delivered you? Who's proved you? Who is it that's made you mighty? Who is it that's given you strength? It's the Lord himself. Hear, O my people, and I will testify unto thee, O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me. So again, the Lord himself is delivering his message through the prophet of God. He's speaking to the children of Israel, bringing them the word of God direct to them, and he's using the first person to speak to them. In verse 9, there shall no strange God be in thee, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. And I like that verse 9, there shall no, no strange God be in thee. That's the confounding of Israel. When they had those strange gods in them, they were so intermingled with their gods, they were confounded. You couldn't separate them from their gods. And they were just like their gods. And then he also said on this one, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. So the Lord has given them a personal admonition. This is the words of the Lord speaking to the children of Israel through the psalmist, through Asaph. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. So again, we see the Lord directly speaking. It's important to understand that through the scriptures. Many times, I think, even myself, I'd certainly miss those little transitions where all of a sudden the Lord begins to speak. And when we realize that's the Lord speaking to the children of Israel, that's the Lord speaking through the word of God, that is him directly speaking to them, we need to sit up and take notice. Because he said, open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. Two distinct sentences. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt, colon, end of sentence. Open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. He said he's the bread of life. He's a blessed they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. And so again, we see the psalmist here is taking the role of a prophet. And the prophets so many times would speak this way. They would speak directly the words of God, not just the word of God, but the words of God, exactly what God wanted to tell his children. And he said, here, but Israel would none of me. So I gave them up under their own heart's lusts. And they walked in their own counsels, two distinct sentences. So I gave them up into their own heart's lust, colon, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me and Israel had walked in my ways. I was just reading again, the book of Jeremiah, even again this morning, how the Lord judges us and then the Lord searches the heart. But the reason why the Lord searches the heart is to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. 
He said in, in Jeremiah 32, 19, great in counsel and mighty in work, for thine eyes are open upon all the ways of the sons of men to give everyone according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. So he, the Lord, searches the heart, and that's why he searches the heart to do that. But then in this passage, it says his eyes are open unto all the ways of the sons of men. And God is searching us out. God is watching our ways. God is going to give us according to our ways, according to the fruit of our doing. And that's what he did with the children of Israel. He gave them up under their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. All that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. His ways are above our ways. That's why we can't comprehend that. Yet we can walk in the ways of God. He would have told us to if we couldn't walk in the ways of God. But we can walk in the ways of God. Verse 14, I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him. But their time should have endured forever. And then in verse 16, he said, He should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat. And with honey out of the rock should I have satisfied thee. And so again, in the first person, there's two parts to that sentence. There's a colon in the middle again. He should have fed them also with the finest of wheat. And then there's a colon. He says, and with honey out of the rock, it's personal. It's the Lord speaking. He says, should I have satisfied thee? Who is the I? The I am of the word of God. That I am, we saw in verse 10. I am the Lord thy God. And just so they would know in Israel, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt? Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. How does he fill it? With honey out of the rock, should I have satisfied thee? What's so important about honey out of the rock? Well, it's that honey and Butter and honey shall Jesus Christ eat. That's prophesied in Isaiah 7. It's common man's food. They can go down and they can milk a goat and milk a cow and they can get some a little bit of cream off that. They can make up some butter and uh, make up a little bit of cheese. And it's common man's food. Where do you get honey? Out of the rock. What do you do? Literally, there's enough ground bees in those cliffs and along the rivers and the gorges and the canyons. Those ground bees, they said literally the rocks in the spring would glisten with the honey that would run down. And the people go out and still to this day can just gather honey right out of the rocks. And the Lord would have satisfied them with that. The Lord would have given that to them. But they were covetous. They walked according to the lust of their own heart. And so God himself came and spake to them. God himself came and brought them a message through the man of God. God himself came and spake to them the word of God. We know that in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. We see him speaking to the children of Israel directly, a message through the man of God, the servant of God, the I am of the word of God came and spake to the children of Israel. What a great privilege it is to see that. What a blessing it is to see that. When God speaks in the first person, the I am, when he speaks, his message is distinct. His message is clear. And I say to you as you're learning some things and listen to the podcast, and maybe some of you are new to some of this, read what the words of God say. Look at what he is saying. Look at how he says things. When he speaks in the first person, it can be nobody but him. Realize that's God's message. Every word of God is pure. 
And so every word that he put in this psalm is pure. Every word was intended for the hearer, not just for Israel, but for our admonition, the reminder of who he is. Not only would he do for Israel what he did and what he said he would do, but he would do for us what he said that he would do. Thank you so much for listening today. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glory. Song of the redeemed.